buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here from Remax. And uh, this week, we have a special guest, Mr. Greg Fulmer from Fulmer Commercial Real Estate. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are things going up north? Jim, we're doing well. We have a special friend, guest, whatever you want to call the guy. Right. Struggle with that. Mr. Greg Fulmer. Friend was really hard for you to say. <laughs> hey, Greg. Uh, I just wanted to say that you're you're another you're another success for all and a, and a hero for all the people in the world um, that really struggled just to finish high school. <laughs> well, How am I doing? You. Well, thank you. I, I I wasn't good at that stuff. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about commercial real estate, and, and, and the big story that we're going to talk about with Greg is the um, sale of the old central building, but uh, I want to start out uh, the show today talking a little bit about uh, a couple of things that are going on that are affecting, not not affecting the real estate market, but are certainly could have an impact on it, and I think number one is the uh, the mortgage interest rates. Uh, if you've been following those, they've, they've completely exploded, and uh, even from last week when we were at 4% on a 30-year conventional uh, fixed rate, uh, they've gone up to 4.125 for a 30-year conventional fixed rate. Uh, we haven't seen that type of rate in quite some time in this marketplace. Uh, we've got the um, uh, FHA is at 4.75. So, right. you know, we're on the downside of almost 5% on those FHA 30-year terms. And then your VA 30-year term uh, mortgage interest rate is at 4.625. So there's no question that these mortgage interest rates have have uh, really taken off, and it remains to be seen what will happen. But but I think we're we're probably about I don't know eight ten months behind what the predictions were from last year in 2021. If you remember, Jim, the yep. uh, the experts, the economists were predicting um, back at this time last year that these mortgage interest rates were going to do what they're doing now as we got into the second uh, half of 2021, and they really didn't. Nothing really happened. They kind of stayed uh, very stable. They were still very low. But as we turned the first of the year here, you really saw these things take off. And uh, when the um, Fed announced some of the uh, what they're calling the easing of the, the quantitating, quantitative easing, or they've been putting money into our economy for the last, I don't know, 12 years, you know, since the um, uh, that housing recession you know, happened, and uh, they're starting to back off on that. And so, uh, you know, the when people put their money in, 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 in this case, when it comes to mortgage interest rates, the ten-year um, Treasury bonds, they're kind of the the uh, the driver of the of the mortgage industry, and those yields have just exploded. They're over two percent now. And if you remember last year, they were they were almost at zero. You know, so yeah, well, we, there was a point where they were at zero. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible what has happened, and so the cost of buying a house has got has got more expensive. But at this point, Jim, I don't think it's really affected the marketplace. I don't think we've seen an impact where people are saying, "Hey, I, the mortgage interest rates are up. I'm not going to buy a house." 
you know, that's just the way it is. I'm not going to buy a house because the mortgage interest rates are higher. And quite frankly, I think you're still seeing so much energy in the in the residential marketplace that the buyers are coming out. They're overpaying for houses. I had a, a new listing earlier this week. I put it on the market and I thought, oh, boy, the price on this thing is a little bit high. I just didn't have a lot of faith in it. And, uh, my gosh, some people came in and they paid twenty grand over the price we had it listed at. And uh, uh, yeah. I was talking to the agent and she said, you know, we've been looking for like six, eight months. We've, we've written offer after offer. They haven't gotten anything. You know, there were FHA buyers. That's a little harder with financing. And boom, these sellers got it. They, you know... We've had the the situation to where you put a house on the market and, and agents will keep it on the market for a few days. You know, they'll get offers. Then they'll send out a notice that there's an offer deadline on this. My seller said, no, we got this offer. Cancel the listings. We're signing this one offer. They didn't want to wait. Right. And so, you know, I think you're when these houses come on the market. I do not. I do not disagree with that at all. Yeah, but but you know, and I'm working with buyers right now. And when these houses right. come on the market, you have to get in them right now. I mean, it's just the way it is. And so, the mortgage interest rates are up. They're not affecting the market uh, at this point, and I think that's good. And and Greg, a question for you. And you know, when it comes to commercial, are you seeing any effect? What are the the uh, commercial rates now they don't go on like thirty-year terms, they don't. do they? You have they different level, different there's terms. Million, there's a million different products out there. I mean, there's even you know um, where you just don't have any liability to them and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of different products. But generally speaking, the what you're going to go to, you and I are going to go. If we're going to go buy a building for our business or our office, we're going to go in. We're going to get a twenty-year term. We're going to have to come in with twenty percent down, twenty-five percent down, and you're going to get. It'll be an, uh, an adjustable rate mortgage. Every five years, they'll reanalyze your credit, the building property type, to see if that's still favorable, and then they'll decide the new term and match the rates to that that time in the market in five years from now. So you're getting a 20-year term. So adjustable rate mortgages, you know, they were kind of a bad thing in when it came to a residential housing, yeah. uh, you know, back in the, in the lead-up to the housing recession. And uh, are those commercial rates, do they have a big adjust and what kind of a, of a initial rate can you get for those commercial rates versus, yeah. you know, in comparison to what the residential sure. market is? So the, the, you're getting, and it, it depends on the buyer, it depends on the property type. And so they're analyzing those things. Um, and it depends on the, the tenant quality in the building too, if there's any of that. But ultimately you're getting probably in this range, uh, depending again on the buyer, if you're a great big national credit buyer, you're going to get a 4.5% rate. If you're average Joe local here, you're probably going to get five and a half. And so the rates are still really good. And I hear you. Yeah, that is a really good rate for commercial. It is really good. And when I hear the residential rates, it's still free money as far as I'm concerned. Um, It's really low rates. And that's why I don't think you're seeing any backlash yet. You get into six, seven, eight, and that's when you'll start seeing. And and maybe they'll be more shocked because the, the, the buying pool's not used to that right now. When you get about five or something, I'm not sure. But. It's still really low rates. Yeah, still well, incredible. I, I don't think. Say, Go ahead, Jim. Well, I was just going to say to add on to you know the Gary the the rate are still the rates still low. What you were saying and that people are still coming out in droves. Uh, I totally agree with that now. But a lot of times, what we see in real estate when adjustments happen, they don't they don't happen for another month and a half um, or so when stuff starts to sink in. And so I think it's going to be very important to watch what these rates do in the next six weeks to eight weeks. 
you know, in order to see what kind of an impact that is going to have on, uh, you know, buying power out there in general. Well, let me give you a quick example here of, of some of the numbers, Jim, when it comes to uh, statistics for residential housing. Right now in Duluth, for example, we have 20 active listings. 20 active listings. Right. I, I, I have almost 60 active listings in, <laughs> in my own web on my own website or something like that. Yeah, and that's your one company. This is the whole MLS, not you know, this is the whole MLS system, you yeah. know, you're talking well no, this is Duluth only. I, I shouldn't say that. Duluth has 20 active listings. Yeah. You know, but if you take the whole MLS system here and I got it right in front of me, there's only 37 active listings yeah. for residential right. housing. I think we looked at that a while back going, boy, we have more inventory than the entire multiple listing service, and our point of view was it's an odd time in history where we actually can go out and find different product types, office, industrial, uh, uh, retail, and we have more opportunities to, to continue to have listing, list and sale and lease, whereas normally it's the residential community that's out there stomping out a great market. But right now it's like 600 agents fighting over 33 listings or right. 35 listings or something. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so far this year, Jim, we've closed 65 listings in just Duluth. And we've closed 99 market wide, and so you know those numbers are up. You know historically, I think the number that we close in January, February, are maybe average around 20 a month. Historically, you know, so to see these numbers, then you look at the pending numbers, and and Duluth is has had we have 68 pending properties. So between uh, closed and pending, you know, we have almost 150 listings, but there's only. 37 active listings market-wide so yeah there's extreme activity for sure that's sure that's that's exactly what that's saying yeah for this time of year it's there's no question about it you know in, in the in the dead of winter like we are right now to see this type of activity i guess it just lends to what we've been talking about that we're going to have another active year you know unless we have some crazy right. event that happens or, or what have you we're going to have another wild year in real estate up here in the twin ports and uh, we just all got to buckle up and uh hang on yep. how are we doing and on time think, jim we, we've got another minute here and i would just i just so let's just follow up and finish with this subject i would also think that interest rates going up like they have you know especially in the last week which is quite a jump um that's also going to motivate a lot of buyers to say all right let's find it now because who knows what we're going to be able to afford six months from now. So I think that's going to continue to keep the market busy for the short time, for sure, even if rates you know, um, go even higher yet. What are your thoughts? Well, I think the rates are going to go higher. I just don't yep. see anything that we're going to be able to do about it. I mean, I think in- inflation is like exploding and, you know, uh, it's just going to be some. It's going to be more expensive to buy everything as it's becoming. So mm-hmm. I think that's just going to be inevitable that we're going to have to deal with it. All right. Well, hey, with that said, let's let's go ahead and um, take a break here, guys. Uh, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. And Gary, you know, um, we didn't give out our phone number, so I'll start first, and then you can uh, um, continue with your and then uh, we still want to get Greg's information out there too. So Jim Ronding here. I'm down in Punta Gorda, Florida. Uh, by the way, later on in the show, we'll talk about it. But Punta Gorda, Florida was named as the most, uh, the, the highest increase percentage-wise in real estate value according to sales in the country. Um, so if you want to come and buy in that hot market, come on down. 218-348-7653 and Gary. 
I'm at 218-390-0615. Currently working with a couple of active buyers that are looking for either lakefront, riverfront, land, uh, a view property of, of the lake. Uh, if you have any anything like that and uh, you're not quite ready to put your home on the market, maybe you want to consider a one-time showing, save a few bucks on the real estate fees, uh, give me a call, 218-390-0615. And uh, Mr. Greg Fulmer, how can people get a hold of you if they're into commercial? Basically, we tell people to find properties at gregfulmer.com. And that's a great and most tra- trafficked website for commercial real estate in the area, in the region, as a matter of fact. And so, otherwise, our office number is 218-310-0013, and we're in a commercial real estate boom right now, so it's a real enjoyable time, and we have lots of lots of inventory. You're going to be the um, top dog, real estate-wise, when it comes local? Nobody's close to you? No. You know? For years, it was uh, Holopa. Back, I, you know, when I know when I started, and this goes back 30-some years, Halepa was a big name. Salter was certainly a big name. Yeah. But I don't think anybody comes close to what you do and what you've built in the Twin Ports. Yeah, I mean, they do a little bit of different work. And, um, you know, so they're, but they're, they're most similar to me. And then the reality is some of the advantages that I took were learned when I worked with you at Messina and Associates back in the day. And I took principles that I learned about listing and, and marketing that other guys just weren't using. And so we took advantage of that in the market. And, I mean, we do Matterport tours on everything that makes sense nowadays and all that stuff. And the other guys just didn't keep up, and we provide a great service. And it's uh, there's still good partners that we work with out there. But, um, but yeah, competitive-wise, uh, you know, we, we, we enjoy a very large market share. And you're not that big. You It's you, yourself and, what, two other people? Two other people. I've got my... Uh, my nephew Casey Fulmer working with me as a sales associate, and then I have Valerie, who is my uh, office administrator and runs the show. Basically, tells me where I'm supposed to be all the all the time and what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and we know how lost you would be yeah. without her. <laughs> so Valerie Rapana is the key person there, and she also doesn't doesn't let me find out where all of our money is at because she knows I'll just spend it. <laughs> I don't get money very easily. There you her. go. <laughs> well, sixty some listings. That's got to be pretty pretty wild just to try to take care of all that stuff you know manage it and uh and now is that all buildings for sale or are those buildings for lease as well we have a lot of land we also have a lot of warehouse we have a lot of lease product yeah we probably have 20 20 lease products out there we probably so it's probably in this 50 to 60 range is my guess and then uh, but that's 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 not uncommon for us and uh but yeah it's, it's a lot to manage and so um Valerie is the key point person for that, so I can just get out there and do my work, list and sell, and that's what I want to do. What's hot? What's hot in the um, commercial real estate market? Warehouse, warehouse and shops. Warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Industrial uh, since the pandemic and the um, the logistics logjam uh, around the world with the China ports not doing that as being able to move materials as well. You're seeing all kinds of warehouse uh, product is is hot. Um, I wish I had more warehouse right now in the 10 to 20,000 square foot range. I get calls on that every day and I just can't help. What do people want to use it for? They're basically looking to store materials because they're trying to operate their business. But a cabinet maker, we just leased 6,000 square feet to, he has to buy cabinets now and store them on site because the supply chain won't get it to him on time. And so he can't even keep working unless he's storing it. Paper producers, um, you know, Printing companies, all of these companies, uh, lumber companies, they need a place to store more material because they can't go down when they don't have the product. they got to st- keep working, and so they're storing in shop space and warehouse space. And are those good uh, commercial rates 
they're, that they're they increasing. get. Those okay. commercial rates for that is for those property types are increasing. Do they? Do, how long of a term do they have to sign if they're going to lease something? What, what's a standard term that they sign? Yeah, we're looking at. We like to see three to five years stuff. Three to five years. What if this uh, supply chain stuff ends and they don't yeah, need it anymore? So, and, and to that point, we're getting a lot of people that are just saying, "Hey, I don't know how long this is going to last. I need six months to a year." And so wherever I have vacancies in that that are odd property types, we're trying to put them in those properties that generally might remain vacant because they have, you know, they have some functional obsolescence in the market. They just aren't usable as well. So we're putting them in those properties and making those landlords some money on on space that might not be that rentable. And they're storing stuff in those spaces. Very interesting. How about office space? Office space is a great product. I mean, the world, uh, and I went to a public meeting where another agent locally indicated that the office market was dead, and I just totally disagree. Um, we're seeing a lot of downtown buildings sell to be redeveloped as uh, residential apartment developments. So while the office market looked like it was going to suffer, they also need more space because of spacing issues related to safety issues because of pandemic items. Um, we're also seeing, uh, again, some of those Class B and C properties come off the market, creating more need for office space downtown. So uh, they, those tenants need larger spaces. We're seeing good activity by the medical community, by uh, Enbridge's starting to move around again. Um, so there's a lot going on in the office market, and we have the U.S. Bank building, former U.S. Bank building, and we have some vacancy in there. We're looking forward to filling that up over the next couple of years. Interesting. Um, well, Greg, the big the big reason that we have you on the show today yeah. is hey, – Yes. Yeah, before we get into that, yeah. I wanted to ask him about another commercial story. Um, can, can we do that first? Yeah, I yeah, wanted let's... to talk about the old Kmart site in, uh, oh, in West Duluth. That's yeah. a big story. Um, that's a great story. Yeah, so so just to just to preface this for the for the uh, audience here, so the West Duluth Kmart, um, I think it was in front of a zoning um, decision. Um, they wanted to put a U-Haul storage facility in there, like they have exactly as they have in Superior in the old Kmart. Um, and, uh, that was, that was denied, um, because they're in, they're hoping for another big box retailer or retail to take over that space, which I find, I find highly unlikely. Um, and then I, before we get into the conversation, I'd like to say that our office is right next to the U-Haul, um, situation in Superior and they were the greatest tenant to have next to us ever made. As far as I was concerned, it was, uh, it was a great, it was a great use for the property. So with that being said, you know, what are your two opinions on what's going on in that property in particular? My opinion of that was U-Haul would have been a bad use, and I was publicly against it. I indicated that to the city okay. as well. I'm probably not the most favored person with U-Haul or the agent that was representing that property or the owner. Got it. However, we are, we are drafting an offer in my office right now, and the reality is when you look around Duluth, and maybe that worked out in Superior, uh, especially kind of going towards that south end where you are down tower, um, you know, the residential populations aren't there. When you look at the hillside along West Duluth, it's a huge oh, yeah. right, right, populations. Right. And then you see the neighborhoods develop here like they have in Lincoln Park, up in uh, Bluestone, Endy, and you see what's going on, and you want to make more advantage of that by creating housing and a more walkable neighborhood and smaller retail. Because you got companies out there like the West Theater, um, like Wussow's, which was formerly Beaners. And you look at that little community out there, and it has a shot at right now because of the kind of development that's going on around town to become a nice little neighborhood hub 
and maybe be as popular or maybe a smaller version of what's going on in Lincoln Park. I didn't like a new U-Haul, you know, whatever it was, self-storage unit and rental shop there. I want the building to be torn down. I want someone to put four floors Uh, on it. There you go. All these out there, I want to have other smaller shops out there, uh, things that would actually benefit that neighborhood and help. help You know, Greg, that's... it's very interesting you say that because that's exactly what they're doing here is if they have a, a cause I'm, I, my question was going to be back. Well, it, it, you know, you're not going to get another Kmart to come in there. You're not going to get somebody that wants that space. They don't like the way it's set up. None of that. And down here, they are tearing them down and redeveloping the whole area. Um, and that's after it sells. It's a killer so, piece of land. It's got a building yeah. that's really only built to be one level, unfortunately, but we've got, Good, strong, and then they can fix the streets. Yeah, and that will also occur <laughs> under this under the deal that I'm writing up on it right now. Um, so the answer is there's just a much greater opportunity, and the city right. did the right thing by turning that down because they knew it as well. They see what's going on. There's a shot at doing something better there, and they're they're going to do it. And, and it serves that community in that area where self storage would not have. Right. Okay. Gary, any thoughts on that one? Well, you know, my the immediate thought is. First of all, that area right now is if you drive out there and you drive down what's called Bristol Street, intersects with Central Avenue in Bristol, and Bristol mm-hmm. runs by that that uh, Kmart there, that that whole area and the and the parking lot in the Kmart area it's it's in bad shape. It's horrible. It's in really bad shape, and it it's in need of of, of repair. And so my initial thought was, well, geez, you know, whoever buys this or whoever leases this, whoever does anything with it, this has got to be addressed because that pass-through road, that Bristol Street, is just like going into like some Baja. You know, you it's very difficult to like drive down there. Well, it has been, but but in the last couple of years, it's it's gotten really bad. There's a fight over who's supposed to pay for it. That's been the bigger issue because it's an actual easement setup that was originally designed for that spirit valley mall and and everything and so the city doesn't feel they have a responsibility to it the developer or the owner doesn't feel they do there's some strange easement problems in there that i think are part of that problem i don't know the full background on that but reality is the next person that does a nice development in there like i'm talking about the city will be addressing that issue and that'll be re-landscaped it'll be a beautiful new neighborhood that again that whole area will be able to enjoy walk back and forth from the west theater to the boreal house to your apartment's right next door um, uh, and all of that. So. You think that ultimately is going to get developed into what you're talking about? I'm trying really hard, and I'd, I'd really like to see that happen. So, you know, we're putting our time on Well, you, you mentioned one of my favorite places, the Boreal House. Mine too. <laughs> all right, so we got we got six yeah. more minutes left on this. Maybe I think enough said on that. Why don't we start talking about this school, and then, and, and then we can uh, maybe add on to it after that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, the old Central School. We're going to talk about both of them today because they're very exciting. And uh, you know, you've been on the show here, you know, over the last year or so, and we've been talking about uh, uh, the sale of the old Central Building, and it finally happened. It did. You finally got that uh, sale closed. Congratulations on that, by the way. Well deserved. You've earned it and uh, uh, put a lot of time and effort into this thing. But uh, I, I, if from what you told me, there was a little bit of a curveball here right at the last second, and so yeah. let's let's talk about leading up to the sale, what happened, and then uh, how everything went, and the closing, and uh, uh, what uh, what maybe what the timetable is. And now you, I know you've told us this before, but has any of that changed? 
Yeah, so the timetable has not changed much. I mean, we did... we. When you have as many people involved as number one ISD seven hundred nine, an institution with uh, you know with a board and, and stuff like that, there's there's challenges there. There's legal on each side. There's a private developer that could probably would like to move faster, but they're getting public incentives and things like that. So now you get the city involved and uh, accessing those funds, the, the historical society, and uh, so there's a lot there's a lot going on there, and so there's adjustments you need to make. So when we're talking about um, say bottlenecks in logistics in the industry, like you're unable to get materials and things like that. There's also a bottleneck in government right now too. So there was a lot that was not getting done during the initial stages of the pandemic, and the gov- government is behind by three months as well on projects. And and uh, there's also great activity going on, so they're trying to keep up with that. Plus, you know, get get the stuff that was backlogged done. And so we had time adjustments. Um, each party had some adjustments related to how they wanted to move in or how they wanted to move out. So, but it's just one of those things. You just have to get all these people together and just let them know that, hey, this is to be expected when there's that many people involved. So we bumped back. We were supposed to close. I think it was going to be in October or November. We bumped back for a number of different reasons. Um, the latest one the latest one had to do with a piece falling off of one of the, I think it fell off the clock tower and landed in the roof. And so we had to deal with some insurance and we had to create a, credit to the buyer at closing to help him get that funded so that would be repaired, you know, and so we, he got a credit on the closing statement, and that allowed the seller to preserve their insurance claim for that. So, um, but yeah, we, we got it closed, and it was just a matter of cooperation. You know, I went over there, and um, after you and I talked about this, and, and I looked, and you can see where on, there's four corners up on the top of the clock tower, yeah. and then there's a, a very, there's a, a piece on the very top of that clock tower. Yeah. And you can see where this piece fell off. And then I looked, and you could see where the damage was. And it went. That was a slate roof. It was a slate roof, and you didn't want to be down there because that slate slides right off. <laughs> well, this whatever this was must have been heavy because it went right through. It looked like it, that, it, there was a hole right through that roof. There was a hole in the roof. You didn't go all the way through. I went up and looked at it from the inside in the attic, and so you can see where it broke the board out, but it didn't actually come inside of the building. So it actually went down to the ground. And I think some people picked up. There were I think there were two parts. And they were trying to be sold back to the construction company or ISD or whatever. And they're like, what are we going to buy this, you know, chunk of red stone from you? <laughs> yeah. So did the sale price stay consistent with what they originally offered? Yes, it did. And we had four offers when we agreed to this offer. And so, yeah, we sold it for $3 million bucks. $3 million. And now they're wow. in there. They're, uh, I was actually by there uh, earlier this week, and they're doing the repairs on that portion of the roof right now. They are, yeah. And uh, I would assume that we're going to be seeing some activity around there, construction-type activity. Yeah, in the- there are construction crews in there right now every day. And they're staging and setting up and, and getting, you know, doing their work of how they, they want to begin demoing the things they want to de- demolish and then getting it ready for what they're going to do. And they've got a lengthy process ahead of them for that, you know. Well, the uh, that was I think that was a, probably close to a year. About a year, yeah. I think, um, yeah, maybe a little more. We got a minute, guys. Okay, more than a year, and that's the that's the challenge. When you think about it, I've been in a weekly meeting, a uh, uh, Zoom meeting every week for more than a year, and uh, I think more intensely in probably the last six seven months. But uh, yeah. That's a lot of meetings, <laughs> and there's like a dozen people in it. You know, yeah, a lot of people to make sure everything's going well. Yeah, so it was it was fun, challenging, and uh, and we loved it. So and we were very happy to be able to do it. It's a it's a great property that we think is going to um, be redeveloped by a responsible party Saturday property group. Well, the um, 
we'll keep an eye on on that project as they go forward. And Greg, again, we always appreciate you coming on the show and talking and give us giving us a little bit of insight into that. And uh, uh, but when we come back, Jim, we're going to talk about the uh, the new central. Yeah. Up over the hill. Some deal. exciting yeah. news on that going on as well. And we'll get a little insight and see if Greg's got a little bit of inside info he can give us. Yeah. So, uh, uh, for good, Jim, we let's can. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. You're tuned into the, into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here on KDL 610 AM, and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports. Ugh, let me try that over. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney Gary Callagher here from REMAX every week on KDAL. Gary and our special guest, Mr. Greg Fulmer. Greg, uh, we've been talking about uh, commercial real estate here locally in the Twin Ports and uh, very active, a lot of stuff going on. And then the uh, the uh, central buildings and what you've been doing with those and uh, you know, seeing both of those come to fruition. But a couple of weeks ago, there was uh, an article that they announced in the uh, News Tribune uh, the uh, what the uh, what the the use of the uh, new central up over the hill is going to be, yeah. and uh, when I looked at it and I read this article, I was like, it just kind of blew me away. I'm like, I just didn't anticipate that this was going to be what they're saying that they can do there. And so, uh, uh, get us up to speed. Is this going to be residential housing slash apartment slash condominiums? What type of an actual use is going to be going on? once they start to break ground for this project? Yeah, I think the initial work that they're going to do is probably going to be apartments and uh, and they'll be developing residential residential rental units up there. And I'm not even sure exactly to what, you know, they'll be, I think they might even have like an active seniors stuff up there. And, but they, they're going to have all different types of property type, property types from just residential apartments. To, they're going to have some very... Uh, they're going to have some townhomes and maybe even some single-family, you know, bluff or lake view stuff where they can't do as much intense development on a slope or something. And then they'll uh, so there's a lot going on up there. But I think overall you're going to see up in the range of 500 housing units up there between apartments and townhomes and single-family. But I don't think there'll be many single-family, but townhomes for sure on that football field. You mean townhomes that you can buy and purchase as your own private that's properties, correct. not rentals? And then there'll also be an amphitheater. I mean, that's in the plans. The North Shore Trail's connecting through there. It'll go right up through there. It'll be beautiful. So, When when they develop this, what they're building up there, are they going to allow other builders to come in and, and build a product, or is that just going to be no, pretty much their, their entire company? Yeah, they'll just do it themselves. You know, gotcha. They're partnered okay. up with, like, Krauss Anderson, and they may change who they partner up on with on certain product types up there. Um, when it makes sense. I gotcha. But I think they generally like to partner with those guys. Now that yeah, we see that a lot down here in Florida too, where you know there, there's there's no overlapping of builders or developers in a certain project. Where sometimes I had seen that up in the Twin Ports. Right. I, I think this is going to be more similar to where you are now. Um, that these guys they're they're using them on Central, the historic building, and I I noted when we began negotiating with them initially that we had to do some investigation for their credibility and we and we saw them partnered up with uh cross anderson quite a bit oh gotcha okay the um i bet that central building there's a um uh administrative building on the front part of the lot it used to be a small votech i believe it was when central the high school was still going on is that building coming down no that'll stay and i think it's going to be renovated into some public amenities for the for the for the complex up there for the entire uh, campus of, 
of uh, users up there, so it may have you know some kind of uh, you know just community community services for the for the again for the for the campus of properties that'll be up there. Now the other thing too that they're saying is there's only going to be one access in and out. Is that true? Uh, there'll be one general public access coming off of Central Avenue, but there's a safety route out, and it doesn't want they don't want that generally traveled. So it's going to have access out through Blackman, but it's not going to be able to be used by like the school district's transportation use. They'll be using that main drive right off of Central Avenue. Uh, I think it's called Pecan Street, and but Blackman will not be traveled by the general population. Are they going to end up blacktopping that? Uh that uh, access road off of Blackman uh, in the back of the school for access for residents and, and that type of stuff? Will residents be able to use that? I'm certain it will be blacktop. I don't know that it will be uh, generally used by residents. I'm not sure on that, I guess. But I think the answer is they would be able to, yeah. So the uh, the, the central building is going to come down. Uh, they're going to construct things. How about the infrastructure, the uh, water, the gas, the sewer lines, all that type of stuff? Uh, electricity, are, are they updating the infrastructure? I, I know we saw some work going on there last fall. Give us an update on what's going to happen with all the uh, infrastructure. Yes, yeah, so the entire infrastructure will be updated. So there's this, this portion of the purchase agreement that we've been dealing with, which is significant, and it's about the due diligence and how, how the, the – the school district will be planning its new development up there where they're going to have a 20,000 square foot um, administrative building and they'll also have their busing or their transportation center. So uh, they can begin building all that, but they can't actually open or get an occupancy until they've dealt with the infrastructure. So there's a master planning program that includes an infrastructure budget, all new infrastructure. The, the road is doesn't have any utilities in it, actually. It's just a private drive right now. It's not even built to state standards for any real traffic other than their use, just a driveway. So it'll all be reconstructed. Um, there'll be all brand-new utility services up there. And actually, ISD 709 is accessing their water and sewer and gas from off of Blackman or off of the back area. I think there's a clear Clearwood Drive goes back there behind the old, um, I think they were like radio... Uh, dishes back there, so and so they'll be accessing there. But um, Saturday properties will be putting in retention ponds and accessing from down on the neighborhood below them. You mean off of Blackman? That's where they're bringing utilities from. Yeah, they'll be off of Clearwood that comes off of Blackman, right by the True Hilton True. I think oh, okay. I, utilities are coming in there. Okay, some are coming directly off Central uh, Central Entrance, um, but not in the driveway. They're just coming straight up the hill, and then. But otherwise, Saturday Property Group will be accessing most of their water and sewer uses from below. But the district already has theirs dealt with coming in from Central Entrance and from Clearwood behind them. When does the school district uh, start to break ground on their new facility? I actually don't know the date on that. I'd have to get, you know. But is that going to happen within the next year? Is that going to happen uh, prior to uh, uh, closing on that sale? Yeah, they'll probably begin construction on that next year. So if Saturday Properties is going to... Uh, put if they got to get the infrastructure in before they can start anything else, is this purchase going to close as one big closing, or is this going to close? How are they going to work that? They can't start working on this property without actually owning it, I would assume. Right. So great question. So again, the district's going to keep the back one third, the least valuable portion of the land for their development, which was the smartest thing to do, and then the front two thirds are going to be divided into a number of parcels. I think six. And the purchaser has to acquire 
like over a million or a million and a half every so often over the next four years after their initial closing, or maybe five years. Um, but their first closing is estimated to occur, I think it's October or November of 2023. So they actually have an agreement with all kinds of due diligence subject to um, incentives that they're going to, to get. It also subject to being able to get their infrastructure dealt with and built and, and, and delivered to the sites. And then they'll begin on the sites closest to the utilities as they develop over time. And so they'll get them up to the initial sites, and then they'll buy those, build property, build their buildings, and then they'll buy another one, another set of properties the following year. In so, stages. Uh, so, they pay for it in stages. They pay for it in, at ages. Interesting. That's very unusual. Uh, you know, a lot of developers don't don't want to take, and uh, and we, we, we put financial restrictions in there so that we know that we can get it. We know that we don't want to tear down a building without being able to get recovery of that money. We have all kinds of financial tools, which was great by working with Dan Maddy at Freiberger, just a genius on legal. Um, but we have a letter of credit to that is security for, for us not getting stuck with some properties, especially the portion of the property where we're going to be tearing down a building that might not be as valuable and may have uh, hindrances from a building being on it. So we're going to actually tear that down, and they're going to be required to reimburse us, and they're also going to have a financial um, letter of credit in place to do that. Jim? So my question, yeah, my question is, is so let's they close on this first portion of land. Um, do they have any idea of how long after that closing they would they would plan on breaking ground? Yeah, if, as soon as they buy a piece, they're they're probably ready to break break ground. They're, okay. they're going to be ready. That's, I would say okay. so. If they close in November of 2023, they're probably going to break ground in the spring. Um, right. Yeah, that's. So they're not closing on anything until late 2023 into the third fourth quarter of 2023. That's right. They have so what are they going to do in the meantime? Uh, all the planning, master planning, and dealing with the city about it. So you're talking a year and a half here. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. And I would imagine imagine it's a substantial. The master, the master planning has to be done within uh, several months from our our purchase agreement, which is in place. So this is a substantial amount of investment just doing the planning, and and I would imagine you're talking about going through city planning, city council, yeah. all those yeah. types of steps as well. That's exactly right. So there's a lot to do there. Um, so they'll be dealing with everyone that wants to be involved in infrastructure, like the county and the city, and. Uh, all the utility service groups, and so it's a slow-moving process. So, what percentage-wise? It's, it's a process that hasn't happened in our area, you know. Yeah, no doubt about it, so, you know. But percentage-wise, Greg, about a minute. What do you think is the likelihood that this uh, all moves forward? Uh, I'm I'm probably in the ninety-plus percent on that. Um, anything can happen, of course, but. I mean, we're we're there. They already blew three million dollars on the on a historic building. These guys are invested, and when you and like to to the point just made, you know they have they have hundreds of thousands of dollars into investigation to determine the val to determine the feasibility of the site to date. And plus, they're still going and putting more in engineering and and development planning. And it's just it's it's bizarre the money they have involved already. By the time they're done and they buy their first site, they'll probably have nearly a million dollars just in investigation and studies and, and, and paying the professional service people that help them get to that point. Incredible. All right. Well, Gary, at this point, let's take a break, um, and we'll come back and, and wrap it up right after this. But, folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hang out there. We're going to be right back. 
Hey, welcome back to the Twin Forks Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. And we have a special guest, Mr. Greg Fulmer, on here. And boys, um, this whole hour has about flown by with all this great commercial conversation. So uh, we got about three minutes here to wrap it up. So um, let's do that. Well, I have one question, Greg, and I know that you were hired by the uh, uh, ISD 709. Um, and I know that they were looking for an alum to manage that yeah, property. They wanted. I mean, they, uh, Greg, I, I think this is where he asked to borrow money. No, uh, and, and no. I know that there was an application yeah. process and that on the application process, you uh, they said, are you an alum of the uh, Central? And you said, no, but I wish I would have been. No. Is that I, true? I, I said, I'm surprised you guys hired me, but heck, I'll let you pay me and we'll get, let's get working. You're from Central. You, can't, you certainly can't be smart enough to know any better. <laughs> Actually, it's oh, just man. ISD. They handle all the schools, Gary. I mean, I know that their favorite was East, but they did allow us to, to work with you and your group on, 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 on well, where you came from. <laughs> well... All kidding aside, Greg, I know this has been uh, um, you've you've earned this, and and I and I give you a big congratulations, and uh, I um, uh, I'm glad to see this really come to fruition. We've been dealing with this in the community for over a decade, and it just needed to 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 uh, have some closure to it. So congratulations on the closure of that old central building, and uh, congratulations on what's going on up over the hill. And do you have any final commercial thoughts for us? Uh, no, I think the final car. Maybe I do. I mean, the final commercial thoughts for you, and, I, and again, thanks for the congratulations. That's that was a fun piece of work, and we still have more to do. But there's a lot of big deals going on around town. Duluth is enjoying a really nice commercial real estate boom. It's been really fun. I think you're going to see a lot more new development as long as nothing, you know, catastrophic occurs in the rates and and in the market. But uh, Duluth is seeing its time, and so. Do you think that apartment building next to the Essential Health campus is going to go up? Yeah, I do. I think it is going to go up because they haven't started construction. They've torn it down, but there's nothing yeah. going on. Yeah, but the the guys, they're they're in it. They're I know they're they're working hard on a lease with the dentist over there, and they're on some other stuff. And I don't know enough about it other than my understanding is they've made some applications to get to get ready uh, to build. Jim, any final thoughts? Well, we just have a lot of time to uh, shamelessly promote ourselves as they say in the business. Um, but I, I'll start by that, by just saying, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, Greg. It was a real interesting conversation. I always love hearing about um, what's going on up in the Twin Ports, and uh, you guys are both at the forefront. So if you want to buy a house in southern Florida, though, or you want to sell one down here, that's certainly the market we're in, uh, give me a call at 218-348-7653. And boys, I'll leave it up to you to introduce yourselves. Up here, you can reach me. I'm at 218-390-0615 for any residential use. I'm in, uh, licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. And Mr. Fulmer. Uh, yeah, gregfulmer.com, uh, 218-310-0013. Or you can follow Greg Fulmer Commercial Real Estate on Instagram and Facebook as well. All right, sounds good. Gary and I don't know how to follow anybody on Instagram, so uh, no, just kidding. All right, boys, it's been a good it's been a good conversation. Everybody out there in the Twin Ports, have a great weekend. You've been tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we'll be back next week.